Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles. Thank you for joining me on the second part of a two-part episode with my special guest, Billy Hollowell. Billy's a dear friend of mine. He's been on the show a couple times now, I think. I actually have Billy to thank for a lot of the things I'm involved in, honestly. I don't know if I've said that to him in person or not, so hopefully, hopefully he hears this. But Billy was working at The Blaze at the time when my book, Good God, released, and he interviewed me on The Blaze, and that's where we first met. And the article and the interview that he released, I mean, it kind of just exploded and all sorts of feedback and people asking questions about the book of Job and trying to figure out deeper things about what I believed in relationship to good God and God's sovereignty. And Billy was just really great in kind of guiding me through some of that initial media storm that I experienced with the book and ended up, Billy moved over to Faithwire, which Faithwire hosts my podcast show now. He spent uh, some time there, got me in on Faithwire, and they've just been wonderful to me. And then Billy has transitioned over to PureFlix here recently and is the Director of Communications and content at PureFlix, which he talks about on this episode as well. Billy Hollowell is one of the most respected faith journalists in the country. He's got an incredible resume. Follow him on Twitter. He's super active there at Billy Hollowell, Facebook as well. You won't regret it. And on this episode, we talk quite a bit about some of the recent legislation that's been passed regarding late-term abortion. Billy gives, I think, just a very wise and compassionate approach to how do we deal with that as believers and how do we how do we navigate speaking out about that issue. We also talk about Billy's thoughts on the State of the Union, on how President Trump is doing, and also his approach to social media. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Again, it's a two-part episode. This is the second episode. And if you haven't had a chance to hear episode one, I encourage you to go back and check that out. But here he is, my guest, Billy Hollowell. Okay, so, so you mentioned earlier the the State of the Union. So how uh, and and this is interesting to me because and if I could put you on the spot, you, this is a this is open information if people follow your Twitter feed. I think so. You didn't go into necessarily the Trump presidency. You know, you you went into it cautiously optimistic. I felt like from maybe the outside, and maybe you're still cautiously optimistic. I don't know. First of all, is that a fair description of your approach? Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I went into it feeling like both options were bad, but that when I weighed the odds, one was a little less bad than the other one. That was my initial, you know, reaction to it. And there's still a lot of stuff I don't like, you know, but that state of the union was a great, I mean, look, 76% of the country of those who were polled felt that it was a great speech. And I do love this. I have to say, I have a lot of friends on the right who don't believe in polls. They think that polls are unscientific and they're terrible. And the reality, I just want to make this point, and it may, it may annoy you, I don't know, but the polls and the election, when everyone's like, the polls were all wrong, it was like, well, not really. Hillary won the popular vote, and the polls actually reflected nationally. The state polls are another issue. There were some issues with the state polls, but the national polls showed her coming out ahead, and if it were a direct election without an electoral college, she actually would have come out ahead. Which is what they would love to have happen. Right, which is insane. We need the electoral That's a whole other issue, yeah. Right, it's a whole other issue. So the polls were not wrong, so that's a a bad narrative. But I love that everybody loves the polls now because they were showing that 76% of the country loved the State (laughs) of the Union. And so suddenly the polls are good. But I I think there wasn't a lot to hate in that speech. 
I, I agree. I think, you know, and I've been, I've been, I mean, I wanted Trump to run in 2012, you know, for that matter, but it's, I think that I would think that there are a lot of never Trumpers who have been won over in the last two years and maybe not all of them. And I'm, I'm sure not all of them, but the way in which he's handled Supreme court justice nominations, the way in which he's handled the, this, you know, the issue of, of late term abortion and border security, all these things. I have to think that there's some people that he's winning over in this process. I know there's other people that he's, you know, infuriating as well. But well, I mean, let's talk about the cast of characters who are running for president right now, you know, on the other side. So you 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 start to look at it and you're like, okay, even if I don't like everything, I don't like the Trump calls Stormy Daniels a horse face. I don't like that he says these crazy things on Twitter. You know, you start to look at policy even on the pro-life stuff and, and down the line, and you start to say, okay, well, even if I'm still not loving it, it's way better than what could be coming on the horizon with some of these other people who are popping out of the woodwork. Just in my town here in, in South Bend, which I live actually in Elkhart County, so I'm right our over mayor, the county right? line. Yeah, our mayor is Pete Buttigieg is running for, just announced he's doing an exploratory campaign here to see if there's a you know something viable for him to run. But I mean he's been on Katie Couric, he's been on Chelsea lately, he's been on all these, you know, all these various, you know, programs. And, you know, Democrat, veteran, gay, just married his his husband last year. And, you know, he checks boxes on the Democrat side that aren't normally checked for especially the the veteran side of that. You know, he has a, he's, you know, he's decorated. I think he's a Harvard, if I remember right, educated, you know, so he's, he's got, it's, it's almost like Obama where, and I'm probably going to get in trouble, especially if anybody listens to this from my city, but it's almost like Obama where it felt like he was like cooked up in a test tube and like to run. I mean, we just had, we had Mark Zuckerberg here last year meeting with him in preparation for getting him ready to run. And so, and I mean, now here's the reality. Domino's Pizza just gave South Bend a grant because we had so many people in the state write to them and they're doing a grant to help people, help cities in need fill potholes. And so we now have Domino's Pizza buying out the city of South Bend, bailing out the city of South Bend in order to fix our potholes because the current administration can't apparently do anything about it. You know, that's one of like a bazillion issues that's happening with the city of South Bend, one of the, you know, one of the higher crime rates in the area, everything else. And, you know, but yet because he's checking these agenda boxes for people, he's getting pushed to the top of the heap, you know, in, in many circles. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch this next election. Do you think Trump's going to win again? I mean, yes, I do. Now, I say that optimistically because I'd like to see him win again. I think that eight years, if they, you know, for him being in there eight years, if those the remaining six looks anything like the first two, I think America's better for it at the end of the day. I'm a small business owner as well, and business has exploded the last two years. I'm, you know, I live in the county, uh, Elkhart County, which was where all the RVs are made. You know, it's one of the major RV locations and RVs are sort of the canary in the cage for the economy. And, you know, there's been a, people have said there's a little bit of a dip this year, but it's because they did so well last year, they actually overproduced. And so they're still selling some of those and, you know, it's, it's leveling out everything else. And I just think, I just think it puts us in a better position. Now, I don't think it's going to be easy and I think that there's going to, I think it's going to be even uglier than 2016 was, unfortunately. And I hope I'm wrong on that. Oh, uh, it's going to be bad. Prognostication there, but I think it could be, it could be really bad. It's going to be bad. I mean, 
Yeah, and and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I have thought he would win, but now I've kind of like gone back on that, and I'm not sure. But who knows? None of us know. Anything could happen between now and next year. It's just crazy that we're literally a year and a half away from another election, right? I feel like we just like kind of started to recover from the last one. Right, right. Things kind of just sort of normalized. Yeah, I, you know, I I think we have to really weigh the odds. And the reason I've always been cautious about Trump, and you might disagree with me on this, I do find that. A lot of us go out of our way to praise Trump on things. And then when something happens that's not so good in some way, or that's kind of like, eh, like he's calling somebody a horse face, we kind of just like don't say anything. And then the outside world is like, oh, look, the Christians are fine with all these things, but they only speak out to support him, you know? And I don't think we need to be in the business of like lambasting and going after him. But I, you know, on policy, on things that affect people, you know, I think I think we can say, okay, I don't agree with that. You know, I wish he didn't do that. Like that's a healthy thing to me with anybody, whether you like them or dislike them, that we should be able to do. And I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just worry about our witness when we're going out of our way to when we're going out of our way to defend Trump's alleged relationship with a porn star. I think we're going the wrong way. Like I don't think we need to be doing that. Are you looking to stay connected with current events, culture, religion, and all sorts of other news? Then FaithWire.com is the place to do that. Hop over there, make sure and check out faithwire.com, the exclusive home to the Lucas Miles show. Also for all things news, especially with positivity. It's so easy to get bombarded by all the negative news that's out there. And that's one reason why I love faithwire.com and why I've chosen to work with them for the launch of the Lucas Miles show. It's just a great place to be able to go and get all of your information in one place. Stay connected with the world's happenings and leave with a smile. So check out faithwire.com and make sure and like them on Facebook. And now back to our guest on the Lucas Miles Show. Absolutely. No, look, I mean, if if Trump wants to call me, which, you know, President Donald, if you're listening, feel free, give me a ring. He might be, you never know. He might be. And the... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. So, you know, I mean, if he wants to invite me to be on his PR team or his press team to talk about some of this, you know, appearances of how these things come across, I would I would gladly serve and probably for free in order to do some of that. And I think that there's obviously room for improvement. But I think that when you look at the the actions of the administration and the policies that are being created and those things, those things become very hard to argue with as a conservative and as a, as a faith-filled conservative. You know, he's been more outspoken about persecuted church around the world probably than any president that I've ever witnessed before has. And, and I think there's a lot of great things going. Now, does that mean that, you know, there's not places that are concerning at times or statements that he's made that if you know that I would go and ah, it's probably you know horse face is probably not the best description to use you know especially publicly like that but you know I, I understand in somebody's somebody who's pushed to that level who is you know really getting beat up on every side and I, I watched this here recently on my own Facebook page which I tend to post and leave which people get mad about because I don't want to get in all the all the minutia and the, the responses and people just trying to like, you know, get you to slip up in some way, you know, that are opposed. And I don't even know why some of these people stay friends on my page. I think it's just to antagonize me. But, you know, when I know even on small scale things where I've posted something and I've had 10 responses that come back that are negative towards that idea or that post or that belief system or whatever it is. 
And when you try to convince them and you wade in that a little bit and it just goes, keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse, you know, eventually, you know, even, even like the best, the best Christian there is wants to eventually, you know, just lash out, you know, and I'm not saying that that's right, but here's a guy who's 70 years old that's never been discipled in a church that has, you know, seems to have some spiritual mentors that have come alongside of him and impacted him fairly heavily over the last few years, especially. But, you know, I think there's skill sets that are missing there that you and I growing up in ministries and growing up in the word and everything else would just come more natural, more developed that, you know, in many ways, I would just see him as, you know, this this kind of baby Christian, but he is operating in a lot of wisdom, I think, with the policies that are being made, that it's a weird, it's a weird mix. And I get it. And I understand why it's offensive for some people. But, you know, for me in the position that he's in, do I agree with all of it? No. Does it overly bother me? It would bother me if I saw it affecting policy. And that's, that's where I would start, I think, being more concerned about it. I just lost a hundred listeners as a result of that, by the way. So no, it's true. I mean, listen, it, we're, we're living in a really challenging time. And I think social media is very obnoxious to me because people come after things that I say, and I'm just like, you're not even thinking about what it is that I'm saying. Like you're not even understanding it. And you start, it, it's almost like it enables this insanity where you've made a point, but they're making a totally different point And they somehow think they've won the battle <laughs> when you're like, wait, we're not even talking about the same thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had to clarify in the abortion stuff what specific instances I'm talking about, you know, and it's like, okay, well, at some point you just almost want to disengage. And I think that's actually one of the problems we have is that we're all disengaging. We're not really communicating, you know, across the line to actually understand, okay, I'm not going to agree with the other side on this, but I can understand where they're coming from. You kind of take the opposite. Of, I mean, I feel like you... I don't want to say overengage because it's I'm not saying an accusation against you but you you know you're willing to wade in that in ways that I'm just not most of the time like I'm going to post and walk away and every now and then or if it's somebody I know well enough you know I might say something back to them but most of the time I'm going to post and then if I'm going to respond to it I'm going to respond in my next general post you know and, and, and deal with that rather than kind of on a one-on-one level which for me, it seems to be old high school friends or something are sometimes the worst in those debates, you know, because they want to pull you down. They don't want to see you rise up in any sort of way and, you know, make sure that you remember where you came from kind of thing. And what, what's, do you have a, do you have a philosophy that you approach that with? I mean, at what point or what, what point does Billy Hollowell go? No more. I'm not talking to you. The minute that somebody starts slapping a label on something, um, calling people a bigot or a racist when they're not being one of those things, or when the level of insanity is so, yeah, it takes a lot, but I think a label really, it's like a trigger for me because I think that it's one of the most damaging, lazy, and stupid things that you can do is to slap a label on somebody just because you disagree with what they're saying. It's not effective. You're not winning the argument and you're showing how mentally unable you are to process an actual discussion. So I will, that's when I'll usually shut it down. I think I'll, I'll over-engage for a long time. I've been doing that on Twitter the last couple of days. I lost probably 30, 40 followers and I don't care. I lost six or seven verified followers. I don't care. You know, but go ahead, go away. If you don't want to follow what I'm saying, I get it. And that's fine. You know, so for me, it's more just like, you know, we have these platforms and we can use them. I, I always want to try to use them for the right reason to get people to discuss. But when something is terrible and it's happening and nobody's questioning it or it's not being questioned by enough people, I think we, we have a responsibility to talk about it. And 
in a way that's reasonable. And when you call somebody a racist or a bigot, you know, I mean, like there, people are basically calling Christians bigots because they hold a viewpoint on different issues. It's like, okay, well, they're, if you're harassing people and there are Christians who have done this who are not acting Christian, you're going after people, you're deriding them, calling them names. Well, then, yeah, you're being a bigot. But if you simply hold a viewpoint on marriage or some other issue, you're not being a bigot because of that. And by the same standard, are they being bigots because they don't like Donald Trump? No, they just don't like Donald Trump. You know, it's like, I, I feel like we just are in such a vortex of it's all about me that we have we have to have people validate what we believe or else their bigots are horrible people or racist. And that's not okay. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, you know, regarding kind of bouncing back to the to the abortion issue, I think it's really important that is that as Christians, we recognize that, you know, we might be against abortion, but that doesn't make us against people, you know, as people who have had abortions. And that's such a, you know, important clarification that we, you know, there's a path to still offer dignity, love, value, respect for people who have been in some of these difficult situations, who have experienced, you know, things that maybe you and I have never gone through while still being very opposed to the act of abortion. And I think that that's challenging for us because there is so much emotion in there. And, and I think that, you know, it really calls for, I think the church to operate probably in more wisdom than we ever have before. And, and really for Christians to operate in more wisdom that, you know, it's not, I think that reaching people in the next 10 years is going to look different than what reaching people 10 years ago looked like. And I think that we have to, we still, we're still keying that in. I, I don't know if we know exactly what that looks like, but thankfully it's not just up to us and, you know, that we believe that God can actually reveal those things to us. So I, I just, and I think it's what it's going to take. I mean, there's such a, there's such sort of this delusion right now where we're calling things evil that are good and things that are good evil. I think it's really going to take, you know, just a supernatural experience for some people to have their eyes open. I, th- I think so too. And I think we need to be praying for abortion providers and for all these people, you know, it's, it, it is one thing to hold the view. I think we should stick our view on the issue. That's where we should focus the issue itself, not on people. Okay. I mean, it's one thing to engage people, but I've always tried to focus on the issue. And, and if we do that, it becomes very hard for people to find fault when we're talking about the issue, they can say whatever they want, but you're not attacking people. You got to remember a lot of women have been lied to about what this really is. They've been told that it's not a life and they want to believe that people want to believe that who wants to believe that they're terminating a life. And again, we have to have those conversations about those difficult situations that I think are not the main reason that people are seeking abortions, but I think we have to understand what leads people to the place where they make that decision because you can't solve the problem until you really understand it. Awesome. No, great, great word. I know you got a heart out here at 11. So my microphone totally just fell off the thing. This is a, <laughs> we need a studio this upgrade is, here. <laughs> this is, well, no, this is what happens. It's, this is like the, it's called podcast problems. Billy, thanks for being on the Lucas Miles show and always good to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you here at National Religious Broadcasters in a couple of weeks. We'll catch up then and we'll give all links to uh, Pure Flakes and all that kind of stuff in the show notes. So thanks for being on the program. All right. Thanks a lot. If you've enjoyed listening so far to the Lucas Miles Show, then I would like to invite you to head over to my website at lucasmiles.org. That's lucasmiles.org. And there you can find all sorts of goodies like my ebook, Unstoppable Grace, as well as my book, Good God. Also, if you haven't yet gone to lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter, 
you can go there and you can download a super secret chapter X, we're calling it, that didn't make it into Good God, but I think it's got all sorts of great material and resources for you. So in the topic of that chapter is the story of authority. So make sure and head over there and grab that. It's at lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter. And please let us know what you think.